season already. Amen. Well, it's good to see you. Are you glad you're here today? You glad to be here today? You're, you're here. You survived that turkey or whatever it is you did. I did too. Julie and I did too. It was just the two of us. It was back to the old days. Amen. It was good. Praise God. Beautiful day out there today as well. I do have a, a little bit of sad news, not to be a downer, but I mean, this isn't, this isn't about that. It's uh, our heart breaks for those who lose someone that's very important in their life. And uh, Barb and uh, Charlie know, um, have been going through something. And Bar uh, Charlie went home to be with the Lord this last week. And so we want to keep Barbara in our prayers. It's just this, uh, you know, just a really hard time to lose a loved one, just to lose one in, in general. And so we want to keep them in our prayers. And there are other others that are out because of COVID and because of sickness. So that's still going around. And uh, But we're still standing in the victory of the Lord and believing for God's healing power. And uh, so we, we're just, but we want to keep praying for one another and trusting that God is going to move in, in people's lives and bring health and vitality back. Amen. So in a moment when we pray over the message, I, w I do want to pray for Barb Knowles, uh, Barb No, and uh, and remember their family in our prayers. I want to conclude a series that I thought I concluded a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's called Make Some Noise, and this has been our series focus. Last week we had a guest speaker here. Wasn't that awesome if you were here to have to have him with us and brought a great word, and it was a great weekend uh, with him and Bob Sorge. And, um, but I, I felt directed uh, this last week coming back to kind of conclude this series on Make Some Noise. And so that's the series title. And uh, we've been talking, and the whole thing is about praise. It's about praising God no matter what. And uh, just focusing your attention on the greatness of God in your life, and that he is worthy of praise, and that there is power in praise. When we choose to be people of praise, that it does something for us. And I, I want to bring a conclusion to this series that we're talking about. And I want to specifically talk about this idea of making the noise of thanksgiving. And I do want to talk about being thankful in tough times today. I don't know if you recognize this. I think we all do. We are living in some tough times right now. And uh, you can watch it on the news. You can see it in our society. And you can just experience it in your own life. We are living in uh, difficult days. And I know that we, we need to be thankful that good things are happening. But we also recognize that things don't always take place when we want them to or how we want them to. So... Uh, these, are, these are tough times that we're living in, and, and God's word to us is to be a people of thanksgiving, that there is power in being thankful and having an attitude of gratitude no matter how bad it gets. And so I want to talk about this today, and where I want to begin, we're going to kind of skip along through quite a few scriptures today, and, uh, but I want to begin here in Psalms chapter 50, verses uh, 14 and 15. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 23. So Psalms chapter 50, if you want to look at it in your Bibles, it will come up on the screen. It begins in verse 14. It says, offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. 
Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And then he says in verse 23, whoever offers praise or literally whoever gives up a thank offering glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Now, Sherry, if you would go back to the first verse or the verse 14, where he says, offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Let's keep that word in our spirit. Father, thank you for everyone that is in this room. Thank you for the celebration of Thanksgiving that we were able to have this last week. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you, Lord, for the saving grace. Thank you, God, for every good and perfect gift. We know that it comes from you in our lives. And we don't ever want to be a people who fail to thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us in good times and in bad times. And we know, Lord, that you're with Barb No today. And we lift her up to you and we pray, God, that you'd bring comfort to her heart and her whole family, her children, their children, God, that you would, God, surround them with your peace and your grace, we pray today. And be in this place today, I pray. God, speak, give us some word of revelation that we need today to not just get us through today, but get us through the season that we're in, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Turn to somebody near you and just tell them, hey, hey, thanks. Go ahead and tell them thanks. Give thanks. I want you to notice again those words where in verse 14 he says, offer to God thanksgiving, pay your vows to the Most High. And then the very next verse, call upon me in the day of trouble. I want you to notice the proximity of those two phrases. Give thanks to God in the day of trouble. Give thanks to God. When you're in a day of difficulty in your life, the attitude and the disposition of all of our hearts is to be one of thanksgiving. Now we call upon the Lord because God said, call upon me and I will answer you. But notice the attitude in the calling in the day of trouble is to be one of thanksgiving. Not griping, not complaining, not murmuring. That doesn't motivate God. Our complaining and our griping and our anxiety and our angst is not what moves God. Faith moves God. Fear moves the devil. The moment we start operating in fear in our lives, then the devil begins to move in our spirit and in our disposition, and we get, we get all bent out of shape. Where faith, it pleases the Lord. And when God sees faith in our hearts, it moves him. And one of the ways that we settle that truth of faith in our spirit is by being thankful. No matter what. Amen. Now, he said in this passage, make your vow. Literally, commit yourself to truly being thankful. And when you do commit yourself to being thankful, 
The promise is that you can expect God is going to move on your behalf. He said, and I will deliver you. That was his promise. Being thankful, being a thankful person is a choice that you make. And it has a powerful effect upon our lives. He said, if you remember in that verse 23, if you bring that up, Sherry, verse 23 again, he says, whoever praises, whoever offers praises glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright. In other words, he's saying, you position yourself and you choose to be a thankful person and you will experience my salvation. I will, you will, you, you can know, you can be assured that I'm going to show up, but all of this is predicated on this fact that we are a thankful people. We set ourselves up whenever we feel like we're set back by life. Our great, it's really, we set ourselves up for a move of God when we operate out of a spirit of gratitude and thankfulness to the Lord. And I, I just want to say to us, this idea about being thankful isn't so much an obligation as it is an opportunity for us to adjust our own attitude and then to affect the atmosphere around us. Being thankful is an opportunity. When God calls us to be thankful, he's saying, I'm giving you an opportunity to change your own attitude. Come on. Anybody in the room need an attitude adjustment? And not only that, but you sit in the atmosphere around you. This isn't new age terminology. I'm talking about we, we, there, is the, there is a prince of the power of the air, of darkness. It's a real thing that wants to loom and gloom over you and me. But when we step into an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving, we shift things in the atmosphere around us. It's not just an attitude change. It's an atmospheric. It's a brand new atmospheric condition. Hallelujah. Come on. Can I get a good amen? So one of the most important and often forgotten ways to get through the hard times in our lives it's just to be thankful. How are you doing? I'm going through a hard time. How are you getting through it? I'm just thankful. Things are terrible right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I, gotta, I got this, this brilliant quote that I want to give you. It's mine. Are you ready for this? When the going gets tough, the tough get thankful. Are you impressed by that? I came up with that all on my own. When the going gets tough, what do you do? Get thankful. Now, I heard not too long ago that from Thanksgiving to Christmas is the most stressful time of the year for pretty much most everybody. And it's not just this idea of the pressure of getting with family, because that can sometimes be very pressure-inducing. And then you have the buying of gifts, and you wonder what to buy, how to buy, and then you add to that the economic crisis that we're in, and we're wondering if things are going to be on the shelf even in this season. 
And then you add to that the very sad reality that many of us have lost very near and dear loved ones to our lives, and the season of joy and cheers sometimes becomes some of the most saddest experiences in our lives and brings depression. This can be a very stress-filled part of the year. How do we get through this? How do we endure this? How, how do we come out on top? And, and what this can do, this can take, this can really make, it can make the best of us grumpy in our lives and in our attitudes. Even the upright can get uptight. Amen. And so I want to talk about this idea of being thankful in tough times. And the way I want to do this is I, I want to talk about, I want to begin, first of all, I want to talk about the poison of ingratitude. Can I just tell you today that Satan is an ingrate? Satan was given one of the highest positions under the authority of God in his original creation. But he was not satisfied, happy with, or content in his very great position in God's eternal kingdom. He wasn't happy with it. He wasn't thankful for what God did in him. And now God created him and gave him this very prominent and important place in, in eternity. And so out of his ingratitude, he rebelled against God and he went in his own direction and he, and he affected the attitude of a third of God's angels to go with him. And then when God created man and put man in the garden, Adam and Eve, and he said, everything in the entire world is yours. I give it to you. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to, to possess it. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Satan slithered into their life and began to feed their mind with, are you, you know, God isn't, he, he's not really thinking of you. He's not really, you know, look at, yeah, he's giving you everything, but look at what he's withholding from you. And the poison that was in him affected Adam and Eve, and at the, at the core of our brokenness is not just rebellion, it's ingratitude. It's unthankfulness. It's like, we, we're, we're just never, when, when you know, when ingratitude begins to set in, we need to know this comes straight from the pit of hell. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? And so what do you do? Satan comes in and he wants, he wants us to think like him and to feel like him, so he he buries his fangs of deception into our soul and in our spirit, and the poison of ingratitude begins to seep in. And we know this is true. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, he even said that the whole world knows that there's a God. They, they know in their inner being, every person on planet Earth knows that there is a God in the universe, that there is a God who made them. There is a God who created them. But... Because they, and Paul went on to say, he said, because they chose to reject God and serve his creation, 
And because they were unthankful, he gave them over to a reprobate mind. If you reject God, then God will allow you to reject him. But notice what Paul said in Romans chapter 1. He said at the core of it was their unthankfulness. It wasn't enough. They weren't satisfied. They weren't content with all that God had given to them and what God created for them and how God created them and what God wanted to do in their life. They were unthankful. And God gave them over. I want you to look at these words. Paul wrote to Timothy. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now let's look at those. Go back to verse 1 if you would. So if we, if, uh, go back to verse 1, Sherry, if you would. So if, if we were uh, making a list of the perilous days of the last times, I wonder if we would put on there the same list. Put on this list the same things. But let's just look at it. He said, in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Check, right? Come on. Lovers of themselves. Uh, Lovers of money. Check. Boasters. Check. Proud. Check. Blasphemers. Check. Disobedient to parents. Check, check, check. Uh, Unthankful. Now, on on the face of it, I'm not sure that would make my list of perilous times. But by the Holy Spirit, it made the list. You can see how far from God this is and how demonically driven it is to be a person of ingratitude and unthankfulness. So when God calls us to be thankful people, He's really saying, you're doing spiritual warfare. And the only way that we can really overcome the power of the enemy and that when Satan comes and sinks sinks his fangs into our soul and tries to get us into a spirit of ingratitude, the only way we can really combat that is to fire back with thanksgiving and gratitude. I was thinking the other day, I, I... kind of forgot about it. I, I was thinking about I should have a, a boxing glove up here. Have you ever heard of that phrase, hand in glove? Right? Your hand is praise, the glove is thanksgiving, and when you and I thank the Lord in praise, it's a knockout blow to the devil. Well, it sounded better in my mind. <laughs> Even Jesus acquainted unthankfulness In Luke chapter 6, verse 35, it won't come up. But even Jesus said an unthankful person and an evil person are like two peas in a pod. He equated unthankful and evil as synonymous. You can go there and look for itself. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. So when you have been poisoned with ingratitude. Remember when Paul was stoking a fire one time and a snake latched onto his hand? I believe that that was a symbolic gesture of the attack of the enemy coming on him when he was out there on that island 
And what did Paul do? He shook it off. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, just shake it off. So what do you got to shake off? Well, here's what's at the core of our ingratitude, the poison of ingratitude. We got to shake off our propensity to be selfish, to be self-centered. Because when a person is an ingrate or when someone is unthankful, they're usually thinking of themselves first. We even have to teach our children, say thank you. Why? Because we come out of the womb. Me. One of the greatest children on planet Earth is my firstborn grandson. Mac. I mean, come on. Can you get it better than that? Mac. He's the greatest grandson on planet Earth. But it's so cute right now when he's two years old when he says, me, me, me. It won't be cute when he's 22 or 32 or 42, which is what happens to a lot of us. We get stuck in me. It's about me. It's about what I want. It's about how I feel. And a person who is stuck in a spirit of unthankfulness and ingratitude is someone oftentimes who's self-centered. Here's another thing that we have to watch out for, and that is bitterness and resentment. Ingratitude, unthankfulness, oftentimes is linked with trauma in our life and past pain. When we've been hurt, then we carry around this hurt and we become victims of that hurt and we victimize ourselves and then we take it on everybody else around us in our lives. And so when you've been hurt, you're a hurting person, so you kind of hurt people and you have this attitude and, and there's a bitterness that poison and defiles many. The Bible says it defiles people all around you. Just like Satan, when he rebelled against God, he took a third of the angels with him. He was able to influence them to go in his direction. And so in the same way, when we, when we step into that bitterness, we also have an effect on people around us. You know, people that are thankful attract people in a positive way. People that are unthankful either repel them or they get around people that are just like them. Come on. But if, if there's bitterness, we have to let go of that bitterness because that's a poison of the devil. You can't be, listen, you can't be thankful and hold a record of wrongs at the same time. It can't be done. Wherever you've been hurt, I, I know this sounds like, oh, you're, you're, it's easy to say that. Wherever you've been hurt, you got to let it go. Or it's going to bind you up. And it's going to be a pain for everybody. It's not just a pain for you. Amen. Here's another thing that the poison of ingratitude, what it looks like. Pessimism. Pessimistic. You know what you, we need to do? Just need to stop being pessimistic. This point, this one's for me. You guys can listen in on I preach to myself. Being a chronically negative person, predicting the worst, is a 
an unthankful person. Because we're never really satisfied with what is in front of us, what is around us. We're so blinded by what isn't that we just, we're just negative. We're like the children of Israel looking at the promised land, and all we can see are problems. We don't see promise. We see problems. We don't see possibilities. We see obstacles. We see issues. Come on. And we're never content. We're never content. We're never satisfied with the way things are. We're, we're never, we, Paul said, no matter what state I am in, I have learned in those places to be content. And that doesn't come from a gripey, complaining spirit that comes from someone who actually started the book of Philippians saying, I thank God for you. The tone of his heart and of his spirit was one of gratitude because of the goodness of God and for, and for the blessing of people in their lives that even though he's writing from prison, I'm good. Woo, come on. I'm just, I want to drive home the point and I'm done. Listen, ingratitude is a poison. Kills you, kills the spirit. And we need to shake off that snake. Amen. Now let's talk about the power of gratitude. Let's talk about the power of it. Psalms 92, verses 1 and 2 says, It is good. Read this with me. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name. O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. How did he start? It is good to give thanks. It is a good thing to give thanks. From sunup to sundown and everywhere in between, that's the point. From the moment my feet hit the floor till the moment I lay my head on the pillow, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. To be a person of thanksgiving. Amen. It's good. It's good for you. Even the medical field and psychology tells us that a person of gratitude sleeps better, they have less aches and pains, they have a better, not just disposition, but generally speaking, it is believed through study that there's even better health that takes place in people's lives, that it's really a good thing. An attitude of gratitude is really life-altering and life-transforming. It is good. So that when the psalmist said, it's good, I believe by the Holy Spirit, he was saying, it's a good thing all the way around, spiritually, emotionally, relationally in your life, mentally. 
It's a good thing to be, to have an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving and to declare his goodness, praise him, amen. It's good. But let me talk about a couple of other benefits of the goodness of and the power of gratitude. Being a thankful person, thankfulness, being thankful is a faith builder. It builds your faith. It builds your faith. Being a thankful person helps to grow our faith and our dependency upon God. Because when I believe in God, when, I, when, I, when I'm thankful to God, what I'm doing is I'm focusing on God. And I'm not focusing on how bad things are. My focus is on God's goodness even though things are bad around me. And they don't feel good. And they're not fun. And I don't, I'd rather not have them in my life. But rather than complaining about that, I focus on the goodness and the greatness of God because that's what praise does. Praise focuses on who God is. Thanks says, hey, I'm thankful for all that you've done in my life. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Being a thankful person, being a person of gratitude, helps to establish and grow your faith in the Lord Jesus. That word abounding means to, to be over, over the top, excessive. And so God wants you to live over the top. Come on. God wants you to live excessively in the faith. He doesn't want you to feel like you're just meagerly scraping and, you know, just barely getting by. No, you need to know that you are mighty in God and that God is good. And you're growing and you're strong in your faith. And how does that happen? By cultivating a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. Praise God. So it's a faith builder. Here's another thing that thankfulness is. It's a peacemaker. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That is so important there. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, and your minds through Jesus Christ. He says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Give thanks for all things or in all things. So he says, when you go to the Lord, bring your heart, bring your need to the Lord, but come with a heart of thanksgiving. And he, then the promise is the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will come and settle over your heart and your mind. Some of you feel like you're going crazy. Be thankful. Be thankful. Thank the Lord anyway. And he said the peace of God will come. 
and just guard like a Roman centurion. It'll set as a guard protecting your heart and your mind. Wow, isn't that powerful? This is the power of gratitude. This is the power of thanksgiving. When you give it all to God. Now, you can come to the Lord. I'm just so thankful that the, the Bible says the Lord has opened to us a new and living way. We can come boldly into his throne room of grace and seek his help in time of need. Aren't you glad for that? Come on. Aren't you glad? So sometimes when I come into the presence of God, here's how I come in. Help! Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know how to pray. I can only, ah! I'm going to lose my mind. Now, you can come like that, but really, the Bible says, here's how you come, with thanksgiving. Come into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful. And when you establish your spirit, in thanksgiving, then it allows that calm and that collectedness to begin to settle into you, to build your faith. Amen. And peace begins to settle in your soul. Here's another thing that being a thankful person is. It's a mind changer. It's a mind transformer. Paul went on to say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, after he said, Pray with thanksgiving and the peace of God will come. He said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I want you to notice there that when, when, when the peace of God comes, so too comes the ability to think differently because we have set our soul to be grateful. So when you operate, when we operate out of a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude, it really does begin to transform the chemicals of our, our way of thinking. It changes our mind. And that's where you overcome. That's how you're able to overcome that negativity and that complaining and that griping propensity that we struggle with to begin to say, you know what, God is good anyway, and by his grace, it's going to be okay. Amen. But we have to position ourselves and posture our heart to be thankful. It really does change the chemistry of the way you think to be a person of thanksgiving and gratitude. There's one other thing that, that makes this so powerful that makes it thanksgiving powerful is that thanksgiving or being thankful is a miracle worker it works miracles now where i want to come from from this is john chapter 6 verse 11 it says and jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Now, you remember the story that there are, the Bible says, 5,000 men, probably more like with counting women and children, upwards of maybe 15,000 people. 
sitting on this hillside. Jesus said to his disciples, how are we going to feed the multitudes? And the disciples retorted, there's not enough money. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough resources. Just send them home. Send them on their way. Jesus said, you feed them. What? How am I going to do that? Right? I don't have what it takes to feed these people. I can't do this. I have no ability. I have no resource. I have no way of getting this done. And then Andrew, I believe it was Andrew, came and said, there's a lad over here who has five barley loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, bring them to me. And then Jesus takes the barley loaves and the fish, and he goes, God, you didn't give me enough. Is that what he did? Come on. God, where are you? Father, you've let me down. How can I do what you called me to do with five barley loaves and two fish? That's not what he did. He took the loaves of bread and he took the fish, as meager as it was in the face of multiplied thousands of people. And he said, thank you for what I do have. Thank you for these five barley loaves and these two very small fish. And then he broke them and he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples began to distribute to the people. And miracle of miracles, the bread and the fish just kept coming. And the Bible said that everybody had as much as they wanted. How many of you know there's some big eaters in the room? Everybody took as much as they wanted. And then on top of it, there were baskets full left over. How did that miracle take place? Out of what frame of reference? What was behind? What was the impetus of that miracle? I can tell you this. It wasn't griping about wasn't what wasn't there, but thanking God for what was there. So we look at our lives and we look at the meagerness, we look at what we don't have, we look at the, the problems of situations and this is what we get stuck on. This is why we make our terrible days and our difficult days even worse. It's already bad enough, but I add my complaint to it and I mean I scorch it. I mean it's bad all over. But rather be like Jesus. Jesus, I, I believe by the Holy Spirit, the Lord is showing us there is power in thanksgiving. Miracles happen out of an attitude of gratitude. Something shifts, not just in my own spirit. I need that for sure. But like, maybe for others. Maybe about what else is going on in my life and what I've been made responsible for. So be thankful. Be thankful for your marriage that doesn't feel like it's running on two out of eight cylinders or whatever. You know what? Thank God for the two that are firing. <laughs> There's power in gratitude. There's power in thanksgiving. So guard your soul and your heart against the poison 
which is satanically inspired, that poison of ingratitude, that comes out of the pit of hell. Guard, guard your soul. But also recognize and step into the power of it. Let's get real practical. Let's talk about the practice of gratitude. Let's talk about putting thank you into our soul, into our life, into our living. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. I, I love these words. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Read this with me. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow. People say, what is the will of God for my life? Well, for starters, to be thankful. Well, I don't mean that. I mean, who am I supposed to marry? Where am I supposed to work? How am I supposed to get my million dollars? You know, I want to know God's will. God says, well, let's start with Thanksgiving. That's my will for you in everything. You mean even in this? Yes, in that. Especially in that. In that circumstance? Absolutely. Is that really what you want for me? That's my will for you. It's not rocket science. God says my will, what I really want from you, and it's not even just for me, it, it's for you to be thankful. That's my will. It's what I desire. It's what I long for. So how do you do that? Well, we've already touched on this, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. But here's a practical step to begin to incorporate a heart of gratitude into your life. And that is, every day when you spend time with the Lord in prayer, begin your prayer time with thanksgiving. Just begin your time in thanksgiving. You can rush in, you can cry help, you can scream, you can complain. God, God, your heavenly Father loves you. He loves the fact that you've come into his presence. But he's been teaching us and training us that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And people think, oh, I don't know what to thank God for. Just pause, slow down, take your time, and think about all of the good things that are happening in your world and even some of the difficult things that God is showing you how to handle that, and just begin to articulate your thanksgiving to God about your life and about the goodness of God and what God's doing, even if bad things are happening. Because the Bible says, in everything, give him thanks. And so you begin to thank God that he is good, even in your pain. Just thank him. Listen, you can thank God every day. You say, well, it's redundant. I'm saying the same things over and over. Good. Don't ever lose your thankfulness to the fact that he saved you from your sin. He filled you with his Holy Spirit. He's giving you his word to live by every day. Thank him for your wife. Thank him for your husband. It'll do you good to say, Lord, I thank you for my children. I'm especially grateful for my pastor. No. Insecurity popping out there. Be thankful. I love the Apostle Paul's writings because 
almost in every one of his letters, he starts out somehow saying, God, he said, when I think of you, when I remember you, I thank God for you. And then he turns around and begins to rail on him one side down the other. <laughs> you know, you're doing this and you're doing that. But, but, but you, you know, you can't speak into a person's life unless you're thankful for them. If you're not thankful for them and you speak into their life, it's going to be painful. Now, the truth hurts sometimes. I don't know why I went off on that. That is not even in my notes. But you need to be thankful for the people if you really want to have influence and be genuinely grateful for who they are, for what God has taught them, taught you through them or what God has done in their life. But anyway, Paul, when he would approach God, he was, he was thankful for the churches and the relationships and the people that were in his life. I would encourage you, if you have a hard time thinking, I don't know how to do this, maybe, maybe just sit down someday and just write out some things. Just write out some things that you're just really grateful for. And, and, and then just take that into prayer. Just go before the Lord and just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this. and Thank you, God, for that. I know, I, I tell you this, you can spend at least five minutes in just Thanksgiving alone. And I'm not trying to put any burden of like time frame. I'm just talking about if we really just pause and quiet our spirit and take our time, you don't have to get into a prayer, you know, and try to keep up with your tone. You, you, just, you just talk from your heart, pray out of your spirit. Just talk to the Lord like I'm yelling at you right now. No. Just talk to the Lord and just begin to articulate your thanksgiving to him. And especially about the stuff that's really upsetting. Hand in glove. Prayer with thanksgiving is a knockout blow to what's overwhelming you. So, put that into practice every day. Just take time to thank the Lord. Then, number two, express your gratitude about God as you live your life. Psalms 105, verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord. Look at these words. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. God should not be the best kept secret of our life. The world needs to know how good God is through your mouth. Amen. So everywhere you go, people you encounter, friends and family, the world, the neighborhood, the workplace, make sure you work the goodness and the greatness of God in there. It says right here, let the whole world know what he has done. Well, my religion is quiet. Well, that's not a good religion. That's not even biblical. The Bible said proclaim him. Tell the world. Hey, listen, everybody else tells what they think. Everybody else gives their opinion. Everybody else tweets their philosophy, why don't we get out there and do the same thing about our great and wonderful God? 
So somehow we need to practice in some way or other and just give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness in our world, everywhere we go, in every situation, just bring God into the subject somehow, some way, and not, not in a crazy religious way like, you know, like talking about the negativity. Talk about the gospel, the good news. Amen. We got good news, you know that, right? Praise the Lord. Hey, another thing, th- these are just practice, practical suggestions. Share your gratitude and your thanks with others. In other words, when's the last time you said to some people in your life, man, thank you for, thank you for that. When's the last time you told your husband or your wife, thank you, you know? Share, yeah, all the single people said never. (laughs) I heard that. Someday, hallelujah. But we need to share our gratitude with people around us. In other words, if we're really grateful for them, we need to say it. We need to express it. Here's a, here's a verse for you. This is going to be fun. Ephesians 5, 3 and 4 says, <laughs> I know this starts out wild, but fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you. Don't, don't even talk about stuff like that. As is fitting for the saints. How many saints are in the room? So this is for everybody, right? So don't even talk about fornication, let alone do it, or uncleanness and covetousness. Let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which is, are not fitting, but rather give thanks. Express your gratitude to people in your life. Stop saying those things that are coarse and harsh and indifferent and and don't come from a a positive place or a God place in your soul. Articulate the goodness of God and, and be thankful to people. Be thankful. Let them know how grateful you are for them in your life. Give thanks often to people. Let people know that in your life that they really matter to you. So this next week, Every day. Think of somebody that that day you can say thank you to in some meaningful way about how they blessed you. I know this is super duper practical. How many of you know sometimes we just got to get the basics done and down? You need to say it. They probably need to hear it. How many people have gone through a large part of their life never feeling really appreciated for who they are? And they just keep trudging along and they just keep bearing down. They just keep going after it. But they almost don't, well, this is my duty. This is my responsibility. You know what? They need to hear a good thank you. And Jesus left us here to encourage one another, to bless one another. And to say thank you. It's good. We need to make this noise in our life. We need to make the noise of thanks. Amen. Amen. A couple of final verses that I want to share with you guys. And this idea of being practical in our gratitude. 
we need to spread gratitude wherever we go and whatever we do. Wherever we are in our life, we need to spread and be contagious with gratitude. People of gratitude attract people in their life like that, and they affect change around them, and they help many people. And so when, wherever you are in life, here, here's a good starting place. Be all there. Wherever you are, just be there. Be in the game. Be in it all the way. There's a, there's a the scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10. Solomon says, do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Some of us have a really hard time with the times we're in right now. Where are the former days? I want those days back. I want to revert. I want, I want it to be like it used to be before. Guess what? It's not going to be. Times are changing. Things are difficult. And thank God it's not going to be the same. And Solomon says the person who's constantly, well, I want it to be like the former days. You know what? You're never going to live in the present if you're constantly looking back there. And we're never going to be thankful for what God is doing around us if I'm looking back there. That's why Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, wherever you are and whatever you're doing in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Just wherever you're at right now in your life, just, just purpose in your soul. Thanks be to God. I'm not going to live in the past. I'm going to let go of that. And I'm going to take hold of what's going on right now. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Let's stand together. Do we have prayer? Let's have the prayer folks come on up here if you would real quick. And I want to pray for anyone who has needs in their life. I want to sing a Thanksgiving song, but I don't want to knock you out. But let's just give thanks to the Lord right now. Would you lift your hands with me? Can you do that with me? Because that's actually what the word yada in the Hebrew means, meaning to give thanks. It means to extend the hands. Literally, extend the hands. Yada. God, we give yada. We give thanks to you right now. We express our gratitude to you, God. You are so good. You're so wonderful. You're so faithful. And God, in these difficult days in which we live, and for some of us, God, we are experiencing the trouble in our soul of lost loved ones coming into this holiday season, and it especially discourages us. Many of us are facing hardship, perhaps in our homes, in our marriages or maybe with a child or children. God, you know what's going on, the shaking we're experiencing in our world. God, we say thank you. We just position our heart and our attitude and our spirit to say thank you that you, in spite of what's going on, you are good. And in the midst of what's going on, you're revealing wonderful things to us. You're showing us good things. And you're helping to grow our faith 
And God, we know that out of the spirit of thanksgiving, miracles happen. Things move, God. You are, you are so good. And we just want to thank you. We give you thanks, Lord. And Father, we give you this season. As difficult as it season it might be, we just say, God, we thank you that you're going to walk through it with us. You said, when we go through the fire, it will not consume us. When we go through the flood, it will not overwhelm us. We are yours. You know us by name. And we just thank you for that. And we thank you for the outcome of victory. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen.